all of us long to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. But guys, if we don't find something that's bigger than ourselves, all we're left with is a pretty self-absorbed vision, and I think that's a really, really small vision. And whatever your faith background is, whether you're coming into 2019 full of faith, or you're like, Ben, I don't know if I'm in this for my last time ever, I want you to know that even if you're at the center of your life and it feels like a really big life, that's not a big vision life. That's a small vision. But I believe that God has something for you. I believe that today as we encounter Vision Sunday and you hear what we think God has in store for our church, that you would open up your heart and your mind to what God might have in store for you today. So before we talk about all that I think God is asking us to step into, I think it's crucial that we spend a few minutes talking about what God has already carried us through. Does that make sense? Now, we don't have a long history at Epic. We turn eight years old next month. February 13th, we will be eight years old as a church. I don't know what kind of birthday gifts you give to an eight-year-old, but we'll be ready for that next month. And um, I'm just stunned at what God has done in what I would call a relatively short amount of time. When I think about over 200 people that have gone public with their faith through baptism, you'll see some of those pictures just rolling through the screens right now. When I think over 200 baptisms, people saying, I want to declare my faith in Jesus right here in the heart of San Francisco. That's stunning to me. In quarter four of 2018, guys, every single Sunday, we average over 110 human beings under the age of 18. If you wanna talk about things that I never anticipated when we started a church in downtown San Francisco, uh, wow. When I think about 20 of those now being middle school and high school students, so encouraging to me. When I look at the dynamic community that's formed, when I think about people serving at the Bessie Carmichael Food Bank right down the street every single week, those of you that serve with City Impact and Because Justice Matters, and we go on and on and on, those of you involved in Foster the Bay, I'm stunned at the kind of things that are already present in a church that hasn't hit its eighth birthday just yet. When I think about some of you who've gotten jobs because someone else has connected you to your job opportunity, um, I'm not telling you to come to church to get a job, but some people have, okay? Others of you, raise your hand if you've met your spouse here at Epic sometime in the last eight years. Get them high. Like, we need to have spokespeople for that. Okay, all right. At the nine o'clock, the husband raised his hand, but the wife didn't. I'm like, she thinks it was at the bar. He thinks it was at church. I don't know. Uh, we'll go with church. And uh, it's just crazy what's happened. Another thing that's become fact around here is that if you want free food for a month or two, you really should have a baby. Any, any new parents or in the last few years been a new parent where you've been receiving this? I mean, let's be honest. You don't know if it's going to be a casserole or a munchery gift card. I want to ask which one you hope for. You don't have to cook for a month or two. That's been pretty amazing. And guys, I could literally fill our entire time talking about what God has done. I could give you journal pages about, God, would you just do this and how God does that? And then he has done so far beyond that. But you need to know with all of my heart as the point leader for our church, I believe the best is still ahead. Because I always want to be a person who's moving forward into what God has for me. If I thought the best was behind me, I would be out of here. You don't get a vote on that. I believe the best is still ahead. I believe God wants to take us places we've not even touched, and he wants to take us deeper in places that we're barely scratching the surface. I believe that God has something in store for us as a community, but know this, we are simply a community made up of individuals. Epic Church as an entity, yes, it's a 5013C corporation, but it's really as a church, as a thing, it's never done anything. Epic Church by itself doesn't pray. You know that, right? Like there's, there's not, have, Epic Church doesn't serve. Everybody know that. Epic Church doesn't give. It doesn't invite. Epic Church is only as good as the people who call this place home. We are the church. And today is all about, just from the get-go, asking you, do you wanna be a part of this? 
as we talk about what I think God is asking us to step into, two disclaimers I want to make today. Number one is this, we don't know everything about the future. We don't know everything about the future. I wish we did. There are going to be things at the end of this year, you're like, Ben, you didn't tell us. I'm gonna be like, I didn't know. I just didn't know. Number two disclaimer, we do not have a new vision. The vision that has been, that is today, it is going to be moving forward, God willing. Here's the vision, in case you forgot it, in case this is your first day, in case you've slept since then, the vision of Epic Church is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. We believe that's what God created people to know and to do. And and, and if that's something that's already happened for you, we believe he wants you to be a part, he wants me and us to be a part of helping introduce people to Jesus and what it looks like to center more and more of their lives around him. That's what he's after. So you're like, Ben, what's the point? You don't know the future and we don't have a new vision. Can we just go home now? What I wanna talk about is this year's iteration of the vision that God has given us. What I wanna talk about is this year, how are you going to embody the values that God has given us? And by the way, today's really about making sure you and I understand not only is there a collective vision God has for us, but there's a a part that each of us get to play in that vision, which makes it an individual vision and a collective vision, a communal vision that God has for us. And I want to talk about a lot of things today. I won't talk about all the things I wanna talk about today, but I wanna make sure that we root Vision Sunday in a text of scripture that I think gives us both the vision and the strategy for what God might have for us this year. So if you have a Bible on you, you have an app, you have the Epic app, whatever you have, Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through three, and I want to ask you to stand with me as I read the text. We're going to come back through this text, to this text throughout our time. Hebrews 11 is known, if you don't know, it's known as the great chapter on faith. It's filled with stories of men and women who were willing to believe God in spite of their circumstances to press into what he had for them in the future. Many of them went for it, some of it costing them their lives. Others were able to set up and to give themselves to something for the sake of future generations. So you'll read about Noah in there, and you'll read about Abraham, and you'll read about Moses, and on and on and on and on. And then when you get to chapter 12, he's like, hey, we're a part of that legacy, Guys, know that your legacy, what, what, what God has for you, the vision for life, it doesn't start the day you are born and end the day that you die. We are part of something here, right? And we get to serve our generation. It says about King David that he served his generation. And there's a reason that God has you here and has us here together. So Hebrews 12, after it gets out of 11, he starts with this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Not someone else's race, the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Why should we? So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I know everybody's doing awesome January 13th. But church, how will we become April? And then that summer month. You're like, Ben, we don't get summer here, but you know what I mean. And in October, I believe that God has a vision for us to step into. And I'm gonna do the best I can and ask him to do the best he can with urging you towards that. Would you have a seat? as we get into this today. So much in this text, the reminder that we're part of a legacy of faith, the reminder that we're carrying on something that began long ago. The vision is there, right? Keep, right, the vision is what are we looking to? Who are we looking to? The vision is fix your eyes on Jesus. 
the strategy, if you're going to fix your eyes on Jesus, you've got to get rid of everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And there are two pieces in this text about perseverance, because anyone can get riled up in a moment on a Sunday, but it takes perseverance, that word literally means staying power, to sustain us for the year. Guys, one of the reasons that we've seen God do what he's done in our community the last eight years is because we refused to give up when it was easy to give up. One of the reasons is that when, if you just keep showing up, this is true in your personal life and your spiritual growth, and you're like, oh, I don't feel like God's close to me. You just keep showing up. And I'm convinced when we keep showing up, asking God to do what only he can do, breakthrough always comes. So where do you just need to show up? Where do I just need to show up in my life? Here's what's true. To step into what God has for us this year, you'll see it on the screen. To step into what God has for us this year, we're going to have to step away from what he does not have for us. Now, you're like, Ben, that's an elementary understanding. It is, but most of us aren't living it out. If you're going to step forward into what God has for you, you've got to step away from whatever he does not have for you. And as you hear vision today, I think two things are going to happen simultaneously. And it's really going to matter which one you lean into. On the one hand, you're going to say, that's exciting. You're you're going to say, wow, to be part of that, I'm so glad God brought me to San Francisco. On the other hand, you're going to go, but that would disrupt what I'm comfortable with. On the other hand, you're going to go, but that's really unfamiliar. I've never served in that way. I've never been a part of that particular value that's being discussed. And I want to tell you that there's way too much that hangs in the balance for your life, our church, this city, and future generations that are going to come from you that we've got to step into it, church. There's too much that hangs in the balance. And I know when it comes to vision, what I have on my whiteboard, and I haven't changed it for a while, on my whiteboard in my office, it just says this, to, to myself, Ben, do not get distracted from the vision. Do not, I know there's a million things we could give ourselves to. I know there's all kinds of things happening at the office and in your family and with your health. I know that and we've gotta take care of those things, but let's not get off point from the vision that God has for our church and that he has for our lives. What do you have to step away from to be able to step into what God has for you? What do you have to be able to step away from to step into whatever it is that God has for you? There's a Vision Sunday card on your seat And this is all in terms of Vision Sunday that we want you to give back to us. See, it's really important for us, it's imperative, I would say, for our team here at Epic to know who we can count on as we move throughout this year. No pressure if we can't count on you. We just don't want to think we can count on you and not be able to count on you. So it just says, I'm in, a little bit of information, talks about a team, otherwise that's it. But what I really wanted to do for today was to give you a framework to walk away with so that you could personally embody the vision that God has for your life, and we want you to do that through the nine values we have at Epic that I will share in just a moment. But to see this cool piece that Isabel, our storyteller, created, if you're on the far left of your row, would you take the black bucket or someone, or move over there if you're not? Take a packet out and a pen if you don't have a pen, and pass it down. Isabel came up with a brilliant, creative, and very practical way so that you can have something with you. Now, all of you overachiever perfectionists, anybody? Come on, hands high. I know where we live. I've met you. You don't have to complete this before you leave today. You don't have to complete it before you go to bed tonight. I think it would be great to start working on one of them, but what I love about this, Isabel is in the room, by the way, so if you give Isabel a hand, major props. 
I was like, let's give him something to walk away with, and she came back with this idea, and I think it's brilliant. And the rest of my talk's going to be framed through this, and these are nine cards based on our nine values that you'll be able to take with you. And what's gonna happen with each of these values today, I'm gonna tell you what's up in our church relative to the value, and then I'm gonna ask you to make a commitment, or I'm going to ask you a question, or something that you can do within the framework of this value, and obviously these are yours to keep. See, all of you reading ahead, we're just gonna start with number one. Now, to be honest, I think you could rearrange the values in almost any order, but I think number one has to be number one. Anybody agree with me? One person. I'm married to her, and that's awesome. <laughs> Sean and I are all about the vision here. It's amazing what happens when you give your life to something, right? You're a little more passionate about it than people who come and go. Anyway, it's all right. We're willing to pay the price. Number one, Jesus changes everything. It's in the vision, but it's also value number one. We have hope because we believe this. We pray because we believe this. We invite because we believe this. I prepare to teach because we believe this. Guys, we started a church in downtown San Francisco because we absolutely believe this. We believe Jesus can do in your life in a moment what you could never do in a lifetime. We believe that. We don't only believe that for you, we wanna believe that for our city. We wanna believe that people can engage what God has for their lives. We believe that every one of us finds our true home in Jesus. It's why on Tuesday night, starting February 12th, we're going to have the Alpha Course right here in this room. Alpha Course is an experience for people who are seeking faith, curious about faith, skeptical about faith, starting a new faith, coming back to their faith. Um, it's out of London, and it's been fun to go and meet the people who lead that, but we're going to be doing a, a really robust version of it here at Epic. My wife, Shauna, and I will be a part of that. Wilbur and Anna Moy, Joanna Sturgis, Dan Hall. Um, we'll have dinner together on Tuesday nights, and then we'll watch a DVD talk about Oh, it could be whatever. Who's Jesus? How do I pray? What does faith have to do with actual real life? Those kinds of topics. And so if that's you, those categories are you, like be here with us on Tuesdays starting in February. You can sign up a week from today. If that's not you, you probably know someone who it is. And then for all of us, if you have faith in Jesus, I've given you three lines that you just write down people that you're going to pray for, invest in, and invite throughout this year. Can you imagine having this next to your bed or in your car somewhere on your desk at work where you're just reminded that Jesus can, and I love that it's two-sided. I love that you're reminded that Jesus can do all things and he changes everything and, and, and you're, you're pouring out your heart for that guy or girl or several people in your life and you're also investing in them and you're inviting them. If you're not a person of faith, maybe on yours, you're like, I don't wanna pray to a God I don't yet believe in, totally cool. Maybe for your three lines, you would just write the commitment you would make this year for your own spiritual journey. I'll show up here on Sundays. I'll do that alpha thing, whatever in the world that is that he was just talking about. Um, but guys, can you imagine? Uh, take five seconds, just close your eyes for a moment. Just, just think of one person that might make your list, even if you're not making a list yet. And as you close your eyes, just think about this vision. Because remember, a vision's a picture of a preferred future. Imagine that guy or girl coming to faith in Jesus and you being there to hand them a towel when they come up out of the water. All right, open your eyes. Let me see who actually did it because they'll be smiling. All right, yes, indeed. Just, just imagine that. Here's how movements work. There's a leader in our church and she asked the coworker to come to Epic with her and that coworker starts showing up and, and she introduces me to the coworker and the coworker says, yeah, now this is my church, I'm excited. And then a couple months later, that coworker brings another coworker, introduces that coworker to me and the one who's uh, the Johnny Come Lately coworker says to me, this used to be her church, now this is my church. Guys, that's the way movements happen. 
when it does, it's not just a one and done. It, like, it starts here and then it moves to the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. Imagine what God might do among us as we begin to pray for our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers, our family members, and we begin to invest in their life, and we make that invitation to a Sunday or to the Alpha group or to your small group or just to brunch and let them know that you care about them and that Jesus has made a difference in your life and you'd love to tell them your story. Let's not overcomplicate what Jesus wants to be simple. Let's not overcomplicate what Jesus wants to be simple. Value number two is together is better. Together is better for everyone. No matter if you're an introvert or extrovert, no matter how long you've been on the spiritual journey or you've just begun one, no matter what your age is, together is better for all of us. And what we're trying to do in this season at Epic as our church continues to grow, we're trying to make sure that we have things in place where people can be connected. This is really the genius behind our Epic groups. We now know that our church has grown to the point where you can't be connected to everyone, but we're doing what we can to make sure you're connected to someone to some ones, I would even say. And guys, if we're going to help people get connected, then there have to be more than five or 10 or even 50 or 100 of us who are playing our part. Those of you that call Epic home, here's my challenge for you this year. When it comes to Together is Better, I want you to treat this place like you treat your home. Not all of you. But what I mean by that is, whenever you have guests over to your house, do you show up before they are there or after they're there? Yeah. The same works here. Like the same works here. Those of you who've been coming to Epic a while, you think the nine uh, o'clock service starts at 9.17 and the 10.30 starts at 10.52. Um, we're for real. Like somebody said about our church, I don't know if it was a compliment or they were uh, upset with me. They're like, man, Ben, around Epic, you, you, man, when you say the train's leaving, the train leaves. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But what's crazy, the people, guess, who, guess who does come early? People that don't know it's cool to come late. People who've never been here before. So what we want you guys to do is to really welcome people in. And what if you just made it your goal every week to go, hey, I'm gonna make sure that I meet three to five people that I don't know, and I'm gonna let them know that I'm glad they're here and make sure they have a good connection. We usually only tell this to our leaders, but we have a three-minute rule around here that states this. After any gathering is over, let's not talk to anyone we know for the first three minutes. Super simple, but incredibly important. The reason why is this, the people you know are still around because they're connected. The people who have never been connected, they're out the door in three minutes. And it won't matter how great the music was or the teaching was or their fourth grader's kids class was, they will be out the door because they're like, wow, if a church can't be friendly, I probably don't need to be there, right? And we know that so many of you had the opposite of that experience and we wanna make sure that we continue to help scores and scores of people. You know, when you think about business or whatever else, when you think about scaling something, we've gotta make sure that we can deliver holistically at a growing rate what we could deliver when the church was much newer and much smaller. So church, let's be that. And here's a question on your card. What's one relational commitment that you will make and live out in 2019? Just one relational commitment. Maybe it will be just that what we talked about. Maybe you will show up early and you'll make sure you won't leave this building until you have met three to five people. Imagine if 100 or 200 or 300 of us did that every Sunday. People would leave deeply connected. God would begin to use our hospitality and our warmth and the environment here. Maybe your relational commitment this year is to actually sign up for an epic group. Maybe some of you are like, Ben, I have killed that when I've signed up for five or six. I've just never been to one. For you, maybe this is the year you actually show up. Like you're all over our rosters, but we'd love to see your face. Maybe for you, there's reconciliation that you need to pursue with someone that you're at odds with. Listen, anytime we get into the relational realm, we know it takes two to tango, but the scriptures teach us, as far as it depends on us, live at peace with everyone. 
Do you need to make peace before this week's over? Do you need to make a phone call before today is over? I mean, the thing that we don't wanna do is live unreconciled. We believe that Jesus has reconciled us to God, and 2 Corinthians 5 says that he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you need to do that? And some of you, just being straight with you guys, some of you just need to ask her to marry you. I mean, you guys have dated seven years. Like, if you don't know now, Waiting for God to speak to you. I totally, totally get that. God, I pray you would speak to him through me right right now. <laughs> a lot of people nervous in here. I'm not one of them. <laughs> Another thing we're doing for Together is Better is this May. We're, we're, we're vacating the city as an entire church community and going to the Redwoods May 17th through 19th for our focus retreat. This is going to be special. I think it's... We're going to experience something in about 40 hours that we might not get to in a lifetime worth of Sundays together, okay? We're going to be up there. We've got the entire camp to ourselves, s'mores, worship, teaching, uh, guest speaker Rich Velotis from uh, New Life Church out of Queens, New York. Um, he's going to be there. Uh, there's going to be basketball, swimming pool, sharing a lot of meals and cabins together. I know you're like, Ben, you Come on, man, Jesus died for your sins. You can sleep in a cabin for two nights. Uh, it's gonna be an amazing time together. And here's what you need to know. Over 300 people have already signed up, which means there are only less than 200 tickets left. We would love for you to be there. May 19th, there will be no Sunday gatherings in this space. You will not be able to get into this building because we're all going to be up north. It's Beta Breakers weekend, just so you know. Some of you are like, oh, Ben, I run that every year. Do what you need to do. I'm just saying, the rest of us need to get away from the traffic. We're going to be up in the Redwoods. Sign up today so that you get a spot. Value number three, next steps are taken. Next steps are taken in the Hebrews passage I gave you earlier, it says this, that we fix our eyes on Jesus. He's got a race marked out for us, but in order to take the step on the race that he's marked out for us, we have to be willing to leave some other things behind. Do you see that in the text? He says two things need to happen. Number one is we need to lay aside everything that hinders, right? We need to throw off, rather, everything that hinders. Guys, whatever it is that's holding you back from God's best for your life, get rid of it. Whatever it is that's keeping you from stepping into what God has for you, step away from it. There's too much at stake in your life and in the world for you to hang on to something that's keeping you from the race he's marked out for you. And then he says there's this sin that entangles us. All of us at some point in our life, some of you, even in this season of your life, you know what it's like to be entangled. Like, you don't need me to explain what does that mean. You know what it's like to feel like you're being suffocated by a choice you made early on, maybe two years ago, a year ago, whatever, and it's become habitual, and it's holding you back from the life that God has for you. You're not in it alone, but if you don't step away from it with help, with counseling, with people in this community who want to support you, you're not going to ever get in on what God has for you. How many people have missed out on God's best for them because they thought they had something that they thought was best for them? There's so much more ahead. And so the question on the back of this card is this, two questions. You've got to pair them together, I think. What is God asking you to step into throughout 2019? What's your next step? What do you need to let go of to be able to step into it? What is God asking you to step into? And what do you, I know it's familiar. I know it's comfortable. I know somehow it even satisfies you for a moment, whatever it is, but where are you going to step into and be willing to step away from? If baptism's the step for you this year, you probably have to step away from fear. 
If coming to faith in Jesus is the step for you this year, you probably have to step away from being in control of your own life. By the way, you don't have control of your own life. If generosity is a step for you this year, you're going to have to step away from a scarcity mindset. How in the world is it possible that we're trusting God with our eternity, but we're not trusting him with the 60 or 70 or 80 years we have on earth? As God's got so much for you, he's not short on vision. He just wonders if we're going to be short on faith and obedience. What are you being called to step into and step away from? Value number four, leaders are developed. Leaders are developed. God continues when he wants to get something done in the world. He continues to tap the shoulder of a woman or a man or a teenager or a child or a church community meeting in a basement of San Francisco. And, and, and I'm just stunned that God wants to use me and he wants to use you. Anybody besides me have all kinds of reasons why God can't use you? Oh, others of you guys are really cocky. Like, no, Ben, I'm kind of God's gift to the world. I've got a million reasons why God shouldn't use me. If you remember when God calls Moses to go and do something about the Israelites being enslaved in Egypt, Moses asks a question that's a logical question. He says to God, who am I? God doesn't answer his question. He just said, I will be with you. And for some crazy reason, God is still using people, not that are different from you, but are like you in so many ways to accomplish his purposes. Number one, you should be stunned by that. Number two, you should give yourself to what God's up to. God is always blessing when we give ourselves to what he's up to to in our world. And so you need to ask yourself, how are you developing yourself? And with that in mind, I wanna give you a concept I came up with in the summer of 2017. We talked about the wisdom table. The message for this uh, is uh, July 2nd, 2017. Uh, it's in all of our media stuff. Just keep scrolling back a year and a half or so. But the idea of the wisdom table is this, is that you and I do not get to choose a lot of the tables, if you think about your life occurring across tables, we don't get to choose all of them. Would you agree? Right, unless you're the boss or you work by yourself, you don't get to choose everyone who sits at your work table. If you did get to choose, would you make some differences? No, your work table's awesome. Whoever sits at your, like, you don't get to choose who sits at your neighborhood table, do you? I mean, I guess you could buy all of the homes around you and then you would have a choice, but anybody wish that they had other people sitting at their neighborhood table? And you don't even get to choose who sits at your family table, do you? No matter Anybody, have, anybody recognize that they spent way too long with family over the holidays? No, this is seriously, this is just, a, it's gonna make the message go along, but I need to give you just a little bit of advice. Speaking of, I'm gonna be at your wisdom table right now. Go ahead and write your plans down for next Christmas, okay? Because here's what's gonna happen. July's gonna come around, you're gonna be homesick. October's gonna come around, you're like, let's book those flights. There's gonna be a great deal of delta on being gone 12 nights with your family. And you need to remind yourself you need to remind yourself that you said two max. Okay, do that now. All right. When it comes to your wisdom table, guys, I, I want to say this to you, and I, I, I don't do this for effect. I really believe that this is true. Show me who is sitting at your wisdom table, and I will show you your future. Show me who gets to seat, who gets a seat at your wisdom table, and I promise you I will show you your future. Proverbs 13:20 says, walk with the wise and become what? Why? Surprise! <laughs> For a companion of fools suffers harm. Like, but Ben, isn't my relationship table the most important in my life? Your relationships will be dictated by who sits at your wisdom table. Ben, what about my vocation table? Your vocation table will be dictated. Ben, what about, isn't my spiritual growth table, my life with God, isn't that the most important table in my life? No, it's not, because whoever sits at your wisdom table is going to influence your spiritual growth or the lack thereof. 
One of the things that's so disheartening to me is when I observe your lives or even the lives of people that aren't in our church that I know and I see who they've surrounded themselves with at their wisdom table and I'm like, oh no. Don't let people sit at your spiritual growth table in that seat from a wisdom, at the wisdom table in the spiritual growth seat if there's no fruit in their lives. Don't let people sit at your wisdom table if you're asking them to be there for the financial wisdom you could get if they have zero financial wisdom. And some of you are asking parenting advice from people who have you seen their kids. Laugh a little bit, people. Like, he's passionate. He's funny, too. He's passionate and funny. But what is so encouraging to me is when I see so many of you going, hey, I don't know how to do X, Y, or Z. I'm going to ask them, would you help me? I'm going to buy your coffee because wisdom's worth a lot more than $4.50. Depending on your coffee shop, $8.50, $10.50. You get the special, you know. As there's so many people in our community who have wisdom in so many things. And know this though, when we give people a seat at our wisdom table, it doesn't mean they're wise about everything. There are some people that you should take parenting advice from that you should never take financial advice from. Very few people will be able to have wisdom on everything that you need. But your table on your card, here's, here's the question. Who, before you think about who's gonna go there, who do you need to disinvite from that table? Listen, your mom and dad have to be at your family table, but they don't have to be at your wisdom table. Nothing against them. But if they don't have wisdom, why would you get wisdom from them? By the way, when you disinvite people from your wisdom table, you don't have to tell them you're disinviting them, okay? <laughs> like, you don't, you don't send out disinvitations. Like, that's, that's not a thing, okay? You just quit asking for their advice or you just quit taking it. Who needs to be there? Who needs to not be there? When people ask me, Ben, like how have the things that you and Shauna have seen, how have the things the church, like when I look at the lives of your kids and all the things that we know about, like how has all that happened? The, for starters, God's grace has done what we could have never imagined on our own. But guys, secondly, and some of you in this room are at my wisdom table, you know that God has put people and we've sought out wisdom table seats to be occupied by people who have the fruit of wisdom showing in their lives. And so God has put men and women in our lives. And when you see what's getting flushed out in our life, it comes back to this. The same is true for you. Value number five, families thrive. I'm as surprised as anyone that this has become a huge hallmark for us as a church. Surprised and as grateful as anyone that this has become a thing for us as a church. Now, when we get to this value, some of you are like, Ben, all of the other values resonate with me, but not this one. I'm not married, I'm, I don't have kids, or my kids are already grown, but let me tell you why this has to resonate with all of us. A vision really isn't a vision if it has no impact on future generations. Whatever it is, a vision for your life, your marriage, your job, a vision isn't really a vision if it has no impact on future generations. So the question I want to ask you is this, what is one thing I will do to invest in the next generation this year? Just one thing to invest in the next generation. Maybe you will serve an Epic Kids or Epic Students. Maybe you will serve with one of our partners who's investing in the next generation, like Bessie Carmichael School or Because Justice Matters. Maybe you will do childcare for a small group because you're gonna allow moms and dads to be able to pay attention to what's happening in that community that's forming. Maybe you choose to mentor a middle school student. That might be the highest calling in the room. Um, to mentor a middle school student. Maybe you will allow a high school student to come shadow you at work one day because they are passionate and curious about the thing that you get to do every single day. How are you going to invest in the next generation? And by the way, when we get those answers, let us know because there are a lot of people who are raising that next generation that would love to go, here, I know you had a commitment. 
Here's one of my next generations. Just go do that. Teach them everything you know. What are we gonna do about the next generation? Value six, generosity overflows. Generosity overflows. It doesn't just get by. It overflows. It spills out. If we're going to orient our entire lives around Jesus, generosity cannot be left out. You will not become like Jesus without being generous. So the question is there, in 2019, when it comes to giving consistently and proportionally, what will my generosity look like throughout this year? With my money, with my time, with my talents. You may see two words in that question that need to be explained, so let me explain them. The words consistently and proportionally. Here's why I included consistently. Guys, we don't wanna be generous occasionally or sporadically or haphazardly. Proportionally is crucial, and here's why. You won't know if you're generous unless you look at what you're giving out of all that you've been given, okay? You you cannot know if you're generous unless you look at the ratio of all you've been given, and then out of that, what are you giving? For instance, if someone made $10 million this past year, and they gave to all the charitable causes, churches, nonprofits, $100,000. That $100,000 is a big number, but is 1% generous? Eh. Like, preacher, really? You won't take it? Oh, we'll take it. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't know that that's generous. You do not know you're generous unless you look at what you're giving out of all that you've been given. It's true with your time. It's true with your resources. It's true with your network. It's true with serving. It's true with all of those Things we want to be a church where generosity continues to overflow. That's been true. It's been uh, reality from day one, and, and we want it to continue to be. Value number seven: vocation is sacred. Vocation is sacred. Whatever God has for you to do, that's the best thing you can give yourself to. Doesn't matter what the world says about your vocation. And you need to know that people who have a job like mine or Lindsay's or Will's or whoever else is in here, um, we don't have the sacred vocation. We don't have a monopoly on that. Whatever God has for you to do, wherever he has for you to do it, whenever he has for you to do it, that is the best vocation possible for your life. We wanna be a church that constantly and consistently rallies around Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, which says this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. If you're looking for a life verse, I think that one works. Like to live with the belief that before God created you and you came onto the scene, he had things that he wanted you to accomplish. And the only way that you have a sacred vocation is if you're aligning your life, the reality of your life, with what it is that God has for you. So your question, I think, on the back of your card is this. Knowing my God-given gifts, what is one of the ways I'll use them in 2019? If you don't know your gifts, we can help you with that too. Knowing your God-given gifts, how will you use them this year? Value number eight, impact is local and global. Impact is local and global. From our beginning, our vision has never been to have it contained merely within the Epic Church community. Our vision has always been to be the kind of church that makes an impact on our city and our world through what God is doing in our lives and in our church. A couple of ways that um, I can just update you on that. Um, Super exciting, January 22nd, there's a new book coming out from a local author. Yeah, January 22nd, Love Where You Live, Shauna Pilgreen, and I get a chance to team teach with the author starting the 27th. I can't wait. Um, I, can, I, can, I will not say what I said at the nine o'clock service because she's in the room. And yeah, and this is live everywhere. Uh, Shauna has written this book. It's super exciting to play the role of cheerleader for me, and it's already beginning to get some legs around it, really around the country, which I'm thrilled about. Um, I'll quit my day job if it goes really well. I won't. But 
uh, we're going to start teaching together on the 27th. I'd love for you to tell people all over your network, all over the world, to buy a book for themselves, but you don't have to buy one because two weeks from today, everyone, at least every household at Epic Church is going to get a free book, and you'll have to read it, though. you have to read it, and we're going to teach through it for four weeks. So really exciting. She's passionate about getting this message across the world, and that's exciting that we're starting to see. She's, I mean, she's getting radio interviews and podcasts and journals, and anyway, it's a fun time for, for us. She does such a great job cheering me on. It's fun to be in that seat myself. I don't have a cheerleader outfit, don't worry, um, but it's fun to be rooting her on. But what she's most passionate about is sharing it with you. I mean, it's our story of San Francisco. 90 of your stories are in this book. Many of you personally are in this book, and we're going to, through her writing, really not just help our church, but really help our community and, and really globally be able to share this message. So we're, we're pumped about that. But also, when it comes to impact as local and global, we do this thing called the Hope Project that we're just still in the middle of, aren't we? And for those of you who haven't had a chance to give yet towards it, we, get, we do this to the end of January, and then we begin to disperse checks to our partners. Our goal for this year to fund all of our partners was $280,000. And if you're enthusiastic, I'll tell you where we're at today. Awesome. To date, and by the way, never assume that we're always going to do what you guys consistently do. I never want to take that for granted, but you did it again this year. To date, church, we have given over $378,400. 100% of that goes to our partners in the city, around the nation who are starting churches in places like Portland and other, other places. It's going to all of our global partners. And what happens with the surplus, just so you know, we don't give Lindsay a bonus because she led us to have a great response, although that would be not amazing. Um, 100% of it still. So what will happen is our current partners will have these one-time needs. Unfortunately, sometime over the next 12 months, our world will be full of crises. And then our um, new partners will be able to fund them because of your incredible, incredible generosity. So impact is local and global. And here's the last one. Everyone plays a part. Everyone plays a part. Yes, that includes you. Trisha Neal, president of Alpha, wrote a book called From Vision to Action. And in that book, she says this, with the participation of the whole congregation, a church can afford a big vision. With the participation of the whole congregation, a church can afford a big vision. So I wanna ask you today, how big of a vision can we afford this year? You see, I'm not worried about God doing his part in the vision. I'm asking us if it's true, and I think she's right on. With the participation of the whole congregation, a church can afford a big vision. How big of a vision can we afford this year, Epic Church? You see, when we see the results of something, we get excited about that, but oftentimes we don't think about how those parts get played to make a result happen. So the Hope Project, most of you aren't thinking about the graphic designer who designed it, how Lindsay had to go and travel to these places and other people. You're not thinking about us being in touch. You're not thinking about us casting vision. And you're not thinking about the hundreds and hundreds of people who gave to that. You're just thinking of the result, and that's okay. But let me let you know how epic happens all the time. This is 24-7 how church gets done. A great example would be to point you to a Sunday this past October. It was a Sunday that we had several people prepared to be baptized, and in my message that day at the end, I gave people a chance to step into the baptismal pool that day, just like they'll do today at 12 o'clock, and we saw some incredible responses, but maybe my favorite, or the most interesting to me, at 12 o'clock, I gave the message, invited people to be baptized if that was the next step for them, and there's a girl that comes down front, and she says to one of our leaders, I was watching online at 10.30, and I was so compelled by this being my next step that I got in my car and came down here, and I'm ready to go. 
Like, come on. I mean, that's pretty amazing. But what we don't think about oftentimes is who all played a part to make that happen. So let me give you a few of those. Someone set up the baptistry during the week. Like, the Holy Spirit doesn't do that, right? He uses people. Someone filled the water up by Friday, and then someone else came in Sunday morning to put a little hot touch on the water so that they wouldn't be freezing when they went under the water. Someone went and bought clothes that week. Someone stood up and gave a message that day. Someone stood up and counseled people as they came and prayed with them to make sure this was their next step and that they would encourage them to take this step. Someone had to be in the water to baptize them because baptizing yourself would be a little awkward. (laughs) But guys, even if we did all of those things and nobody was running the camera and nobody was running audio and there was no producer in the bunker, what we affectionately call the bunker behind me, she would still be at her home wondering why the internet didn't work or why the church wasn't present that day. But when you play your part, it doesn't just add up, it multiplies, and I think it multiplies exponentially. When I look back at what God has done, I'm stunned. I still believe the best is ahead. So on your card, it just says, how how will you help this year? Let's not be one of those churches or organizations where 20% of the people do about all of the work. Let's say, I'm going to do my part. Because when we each play our part, we don't have to overwhelm ourselves and do everything. We just play our part. I just play my part. You just play your part. They're equally significant, and they add up. And so the question I want to leave you with today is this. Will you give yourself to something beyond yourself? You're like, Ben, I'm raising young kids. I I know. Bless you. You're like, Ben, things are really busy at the office. Yep. Our office is pretty busy, too. I get it. There's so many things that could take us off point. Nobody's asking you to do everything. We're just asking you to do your thing. Will you give yourself to something bigger than yourself? Will you link arms with us this year? Will you move forward, stepping into whatever it is that God has for us? And here's what I want to encourage you. Don't see this as a have to. Don't see this as a have to. This is a get to. Guys, I don't have to study to teach. I get to study to teach. Our production team doesn't have to show up at God knows what hour. They get to show up at only God knows what hour. (laughs) Our small group leaders don't have to lead you, they want to. Our hospitality people don't have to welcome you, they want to. We get to pray, we get to lead, we get to teach kids, we get to give, we get to, we get to, we get to. A lot you can give yourself to this year. I hope you'll be in with us on this though. Let's pray. I'm gonna pray for us and then Zach, I think is gonna come up and lead us in a song that we introduced to you earlier and I think it just goes perfectly with the vision statement. It just says, God, I'll follow you anywhere. I'll follow you anywhere. There's a line in there that resonates with me as I look back at our church's brief history. It says, it says I have a million reasons to trust you. So we look back at our history just so we'll fuel our faith for what's to come. Jesus, we wanna be the people who come under your leadership knowing you're committed to a vision that you have for us. God, we believe that anything is possible. And yet, God, there's something about a response from us today that will lead to what you do in 2019. God, this isn't to put pressure on us, but you're constantly asking us what you've asked from the very beginning of history. Will you come and go with me? Will you give yourself to what I'm up to in the world? God, we don't know how long we'll live here. We don't know what your future holds in total, but may we be the kind of people who say, while we're here, 
We're gonna give ourselves to what it is that you have for us. In Jesus' name. I'm gonna ask you to stand. Can we make this a declaration? Like this, go ahead and stand. It's just saying, God, I'll follow you anywhere. And there's this, I think they call it a bridge. Is that what you musicians call it? There's a bridge. And uh, in the bridge, it says this, um, like wherever you lead me, I think. And then it says, whatever it costs me. Whatever it costs me. When we took our kids skiing over the break and they were doing it for the first time, we had a great life lesson to tell them that, guys, the most valuable things in life are really hard until you master them, right? To go after a vision that God's given us, it's gonna cost something. The question is, do you think it's worth it? Let's declare this.